30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. On a beautiful day like today, I wish we'd always be broadcasting outside. This is just absolutely gorgeous, right smack dab on the mall, U of A campus, just a little bit east of Old Main. We are experiencing for the first time our visit to the Tucson Festival of Books. We had a guest on earlier this morning that was saying it's the third largest book festival in the country. They expect almost 100,000 people to come through looking at books over the course of the next two days. If you are in the mood to shop for books, if you're in the mood to meet publishers, if you're in the mood to listen to presentations, I mean, they've got like eight, it's the entire mall. And you were talking about stages earlier. I've got the map open. How many Starting from the west side on the entrance coming on from University if you're coming through campus, it Over starts with Old the, Main, yep. starts with the Arizona Daily Star stage, then the SBS stage. I'm not sure what that is, but then it's right next to the food court. Then you have the culinary stage, which is right behind us, the U of A mall tent. Then you've got the teen and author stage, and there's a circus stage, and there's a science city food court and entertainment stage, and there's a science cafe, the science stage, and then at the end of the day, at the far east side there's the rock bottom concert venue where there'll be a free concert later on tonight absolutely here at the u of a campus the tucson festival of books absolutely spectacular event all right we're in the nine o'clock hour we invite y'all to give us a call wherever you are in the great state of arizona let us know what you're trying to get done around your house home castle or cabin and let's see if we can't talk you through what little tricks or tips of the trade that we can share with you, given our experience of building and remodeling here in the great state of Arizona for the last 45 years. Our phone number is one 767 4348 That's one You make that toll-free phone call. Our call screener gets your name where you're calling from in the great state of Arizona, what your question is, and we will get to you and address it as quick as we possible with the most correct information for you, depending on where you are and what issue you're trying to solve. Now, with that said, two weeks ago, we took a call from a Tucson homeowner who needed an electrician to take a look at rewiring his two-pronged house built in the 50s. And we had a call screening intern that didn't get that Tucson homeowner's phone number. Oops. And I told him I'd call him back. I'd give him the name of the electrician. He is a regular listener. I know he's called the show before. I hope he's listening today. If you are that Tucson homeowner needing an electrician, give us a ring back at one 767 and Miss Julia, our call screener today, will definitely get your phone number and your name, and I will call you back and give you the name of that electrician in Tucson that we would recommend. So, oops, oops, a lot of news right now as it relates to home ownership on two particular areas in the Phoenix and generally Arizona market. Everybody getting ready to depart for the summer that's we're going to start seeing that over the next 60 90 days lots of questions about how do i prepare the house 
for vacating it or leaving it. And I want to address with y'all some comments that are coming straight from no less a credible source than the Arizona State Attorney General, Mark Burnovich. Folks, they, they are scams out there, new scams. Actually, Roman, I could actually say they're brilliant scams. They're, they're becoming so clever, so brilliant, that it's very easy to fall for it. I, and there was a report a lot of times in the past that it had always been the elderly that were always the targets. targets. Well, there was a report that says they dupe millennials now more than they're duping <laughs> the retirement age through technology and electronics. Well, anytime anyone reaches you by phone or electronic device that you haven't invited to the conversation that they have found their way to you with some offer or some scheme or pretending to be some relative, if any of that involves the transfer of confidential information or money, don't do it. Stop the call. Stop the communication. Ask for a verification, redial, reconnect number. Do anything but go along with what they're suggesting. It is to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars of what people are being tricked out of. So please, as your Rosie on the House homeowner, know this. We're out to protect you. Please don't fall for that. The other thing I want to talk to you all about is your home and home safety, keeping your home safe while you're gone. A big part of that is keeping your neighborhood safe. I do this talk about home security to Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis Clubs, uh, Block Watch neighborhoods. And I always talk about the fact that, you know, if you're in the woods in the spring and there's a bear waking up out of hibernation and they're hungry and they see you and a friend walking through the woods, how fast do you have to run? (laughs) You only have to run a little bit faster than your friend. You don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to run a little bit faster than your friend. And it's rare you find two bears together. <laughs> so that that's a good thing. They don't hibernate. It, it's usually together. like cubs. Yeah, if there's right. more than one, it's cubs and big mama somewhere. So what I tell people in protecting their home is you want to make your house the least desirable target in the neighborhood. And as I, the bad guy, am driving through your neighborhood, casing your neighborhood, I'm looking for points of entry to your home that I can get to without being seen. I love homes that have that setback front door where the front door area can't be seen by the neighbors or has no good line of sight from anyone walking on the sidewalks or down the street. If you have vegetation or architectural features that you could remove to open that front door area up to the visibility of everybody in the neighborhood, that would be a huge advantage. A great majority of the break-ins will occur right through the front door. And I'll tell you that as soon as they're in the house, they're only going to be in there a few minutes. And they're only they're going to go one place. What's the first place they're going to go? Where are all your secret, most valuable things held? In the master bedroom. 
So the number one lesson y'all should learn is any estate jewelry, any important documents, any particular valuables, the last place you should be keeping it is in the master bedroom. Find another location. And in the master bedroom, don't hesitate for a minute to buy some fairly decent-looking costume jewelry and fill up a jewelry box or two and make it easily findable and detectable. Let them take the nickel and dime stuff and put your heirloom family valuables in a separate bedroom, separate location, kept safe. That, more than anything, will help protect you and your valuables. The second place they're going to go once they're in your house, is they're going to try and find that area where you pay your bills, that home desk, that home office. And they're going to try and find anything that will identify your identity. Once, you know, they may get Aunt Margie's wedding ring out of the bedroom, and it could be irreplaceable to you emotionally and could be worth a lot of money. But not until they steal your identity have they stolen the most valuable thing to them. Because once they've got your identity, they can sell it over and over and over and over again. So you've got to make sure, particularly if you're vacating the house for any amount of time, that that home desk, home office area is secured in a way that they aren't going to be able to just walk by and see a folder that says paid bills that has all the account numbers on it. Check statements, reconciled check statements, hanging it up very neatly and cleanly on the wall file right there where they can get the account numbers very quickly and easily. So let's take a couple minutes. If you're one of the fortunate two that are going to be leaving the great state of Arizona as we enter into the summer months, Take the time to make sure you're locking down the property, locking down the possessions, locking down your identity. We'll come back with a few more tips on other things you can do to protect yourself. We've got the open lines. If you'd like to ring us, it's 1-888-767-4348. If you're trying to tackle something around your house, home, castle, or cabin, if it's from the foundations to the rooftop and anything in between, the cabinets, the countertops, electrical, painting, plumbing, drywall, air conditioning, it is your number one place to start, Rosie, on the house. Again, it's the toll-free number, one 767 And we do have Alexander who wants to talk about an aroma in the bathroom faucet. Bob wants to talk about super cooling and air conditioning and uh, Bob in Sabino Canyon, your wife Joyce safely arrived at the festival and is along the U of A Mall. Just, <laughs> just reporting. Just reporting. Just reporting. And we can report that because we are broadcasting live from the U of A campus for the Tucson Festival of Books. I can't wait till the show is over. Go peruse. I, I wish they'd just let me bring my truck onto the mall. They and say we could just throw the books in, just fill the back of the bed. They say it's open at ten, but there's already people here. <laughs> you know, the only thing that might not be there might be a few booths vendors aren't here at yet. Uh, the events don't start till ten, but I mean it, it's open. It's an absolute f- free event. You just park, walk to the mall, open air, and they've got plenty of food courts. They've got plenty of facilities for restrooms. 
They've got just about anything here you need today. Bring the family. Oh, I wonder, wonder who will tell me who, who wrote the book. Let's get right to our calls. We've got a lineup here at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you as we broadcast live at the Festival of Books in Tucson. Gary D. back in the flagship studios in KTAR. We'll press line number one to bring Alexander in and talk about the rotten egg smell from the faucet. That's awful. Hey, Rosie, how you doing? Good. Perfect when you got you, you go down to... Rinse out your mouth with toothpaste, and you oh, get that nice awful. rotten egg smell, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a special feeling. Hey, uh, so about three months ago, my wife and I had a bathroom remodel done uh, through the home insurance uh, claim, and we got that done, and everything looks great. And and but after that, uh, we had new toilets put in, new bathtubs put in, everything was re redone. And uh, now, when uh, um, when I turn on my faucet in the morning. It, it just has a rotten egg smell coming out of it, but it lasts for, you know, 30 seconds, and it seems like the water clears it out, whatever was in there, and, and that's that. So have, I don't even know where to where, where to look to start troubleshooting that. Have you tried a different faucet to see? Uh, it's only mine. Only yours, not your wife's. Well, so you got well, a double vanity? Well, no, yeah, my it's a double vanity, and my wife... Uh, claims that hers does it too but i mean we've we've turned them on at the same time in the mornings you know and i don't i don't smell it from hers so if it does come from hers it's much less and it's very potent on my side how about another bathroom in the house no no just that one bathroom even i thought maybe going downstairs to the kitchen sink uh it doesn't do that it's, it's just that one bathroom so i thought maybe you know, I've watched all the home improvement shows, which makes me an expert. <laughs> uh, and I thought I've heard of things of outgassing. I don't know if maybe they didn't install a pipe the right way or something, or I, I don't know. It, it's possible, but all of that has to be inspected by the city. It'd be very rare that that was causing the problem. When they did oh, the okay. – have, have you noticed – Try what I want you to do is I want you to try and distinguish if it's just in the cold or just in the hot, Okay. <laughs> If it's just okay, in the hot, okay. then we may go to the water heater and consider replacing the anode rod, okay? If okay, it's okay. If it's the cold and the uh, hot water, then it's probably the drain, and it isn't the water itself. Now, if and oh. this is only in the master be- bedroom, correct? Correct. And it's only while the water's running, or is it only correct. while you're bent over with your nose close to the sink drain? You know, I hadn't put those two together, but I suppose it would be when my nose is down by the sink train. Okay. Well, but then, it, but but it goes away after thirty seconds. Oh well, I guess that just means it's being rinsed out. Right. Right. Okay. And okay. I I can't imagine that we don't have a you know both those sinks are protected by p trap, so the odor has to be emanating between the p trap and your sink, unless at the point it opens up as you start pouring water down there there is an air gap that's created with the water passing the p-trap that uh-huh. could that could cause a positive pressure back into the house tell me about the layout of your house the uh do you have a peaked roof or a flat roof uh peaked okay vaulted ceilings yeah okay and it's, and, uh, two stories oh, oh okay is the master bedroom upstairs yes it is yep uh, okay and the peak runs north and south or east and west 
Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> trying to get that out. Let me see here. So um, there, there's several different peaks. There's about four different peaks, and I would say um, north here, and south. Here's why. Okay, north and south. And are, is, the, is the master bedroom on the east side of the house? It is on the west side of the house. Okay. West side. Okay, well, then I don't think you're experiencing a negative pressure situation in your plumbing system. I think the first thing I would do is check the anode rod in the water heater to okay. see that we've still got it in place and you're not uh, have a little sulfur bacteria built up in the hot water. You don't smell it in the shower, do you? No, no, not at all. Okay. All right. And the vent so, pipe uh, is I, on the I, wrong I, side. I can just... Uh, that's something I should just be able to call a plumber and tell him I want the anode rod inspected. Yeah, yeah, you, okay. uh, yeah. Are, are you are you are you handy at all, Alex? Not in the least. I, okay, I'm a all right. Programmer. <laughs> okay, all right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Just go to get get to Rosie on the house. Uh, take a look at one of the Rosie certified plumbers. All you do is type in your zip code, put in plumbing. And you'll get a choice of two or three different plumbers within a 20-mile radius of your house. Have them come out, take a look at it, assess where the odor could be coming from, and we'll go from there. Because he doesn't fit any of the other criteria that we would generally uh, uh, have. And if you happen to be in northern Arizona or Prescott, we are looking for a plumber in that area. That's the one area we're light on plumbers in the state of Arizona. You can apply at rosieonthehouse.com. And the one last uh, odor thing to complete this segment that uh, T-Boy, my brother, likes to do sometimes is pour Clorox in the overspill drain. When you plug a sink and you turn it on with water, there's an overflow hole that will put the water back in the drain. He likes to pour Clorox in there from time to time because he says that can build up um, some funky odor smell. So you can always give that a try as well while we're attacking the problem. It sure can. We have a great list of calls. Uh, a lot of people want to know about rate changes from the utilities. We've got questions on supercooling and the use on the air conditioning. And we'll cover oh, all yeah. that here at Rosie on the House after bottom of the hour news break. Uh, come down. Uh, you can get online at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE4U. Or come on down to the Tucson Festival of Books. We're in booth 203 next to the culinary stage on the north side of the runway and get your question asked right here live in person. Welcome to the open line hour of Rosie on the House broadcasting live at the Tucson Festival of Books and our Home maintenance calendar, our monthly to-do. We're talking about fixing that swinging door that's ghosting inside your home. If you got a door that won't just stay put for whatever reason, it's become out of whack. But you don't have to realign your door to fix it. It's actually a very simple problem, and you can actually see this done. In the swinging doors keyword, you search that, and it brings you to our article. that We actually have a video of Rosie demonstrating this. In fact, Dad, it's your most popular YouTube video. You've got over like 30,000 views on this one. Wow. But all you have to do is take a nail punch and put it at the bottom of the bottom hinge and tap it lightly with a hammer, and the pin pops out. So take the pin from that door hinge to concrete or hard surface on the floor, you know, not, not your countertop, 
Not your tile. Not your tile floor. Somewhere out on the patio that's you know, just a good hard surface or a rock. And lay it down. The way the pen will work is on the flat top. It creates a little bit of a, you know, it won't lay, allow it to lay completely flat. So there's a little angle that it creates. We'll strike the hammer to put a bend in that. And that uh, little, uh, a kink. A kink. <laughs> well, when you then tap that back into your door that little kink will create enough tension that the door won't ghost anymore and if it's a really bad case you may have to do it to the top hinge as well but that's rare usually just the bottom hinge will do the trick there you go particularly if you're a hollow core door like most homes are being built with today that's generally all it takes the upper hinge pin is a little bit trickier to remove and replace <laughs> You, you can get your free home maintenance calendar at rosieonthehouse.com or just email info at rosieonthehouse.com the address you would like the calendar sent to, or we have them here today in booth 203 at the Tucson Book Festival, and uh, as well as tomorrow. We'll be here today and tomorrow at the, in the Rosie on the House booth. I think we have a couple hundred here, so we should have enough for the weekend. I don't know. That's They're flying off the shelf here pretty fast. <laughs> well, it's not even officially, quote, open yet. And if Look the rest of the, the mall it's absolutely is, incredible. is as busy as in front of this booth, there's at least 3,000 people already oh, here. Oh, at least. At least. <laughs> All right. Who's on hold for us? Next is Bob. Welcome to the program. Calling from 85027. That's North Central Phoenix. All right, Bob. Good morning. Welcome to Rosie on the House. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. What you trying to tackle this morning? Well, I'm not tackling anything this morning, but I'm concerned about this summer. Uh, I had done that super cooling you suggested a couple of years ago. was doing real well with that, and now these new APS rates are coming out. I just wondered, is that going to work with that 3 to 8? It's going to or... work. It's going to work, Bob, but you're going to have to shift and stagger. Here, Here's... Here's what Rosie's going to do, and I'm not telling – from the studying I've done, here's what I'm going to do. And I, and I think there's a chance my bill could even be going down. Now, it still makes me mad I can't start cooling till 8 o'clock. That still just kind of chaps my, oh, yeah. <laughs> my backside, you know. But it is what it is, and they aren't going to grandfather it. Everybody's got to adapt. Everyone that has been super cooling under the – old method of noon to seven you must change your load controller change your home management computer change your thermostat you must stagger and slide your consumption out of that three to eight so you'll be able to coop super cool a little bit longer but you're not going to be able to start it back up until 8 p.m right. now if you do that the most important thing you're going to want to do, if you're in a home with more than one air conditioning, pick which air conditioner you want to come on at 8 o'clock. So if you're in a split home, pick the living side to come on at 8 o'clock so you can finish watching the TV, reading the books, visiting with the kids, helping them with their no homework, finishing dinner. And then don't start the second air conditioner for another 45 minutes to an hour so that they come on staggered. That's going to be very critical in managing power. We've got to, we've got to stagger the starts to limit our demand. If we can limit our demand, 
we still ought to be able to get about 15% of our power purchased on peak. You're still going to see some savings. It isn't going to be, Bob, like you've seen. We have right. people in the old system that saw savings of 30, 40, and 50%. We won't see that with the new system. We're gonna, you're going to see savings of about 20 to 25%. Okay, so 45, because my, that is, uh, my house is a split, but the way it's split, it, it'd be, because there's the bedrooms on the one side, I'd have to, you know, hold off on 45 minutes and just think, wow, that's almost 9 o'clock at night. So it is. 45 minutes is minimum. Well, what you want to do is I would take that thermostat on the secondary, the the less important thermostat, and I would let the first air conditioner come on, and I would just see how long it takes for that to come on and then shut back off. Usually within within about 30 to 45 minutes, it's shut back down, and then you can start the secondary unit. Okay, so it's not so much the minutes. If that unit cools it and it shuts down, then I can turn the other one on. There you go. Okay. And, that, and that'll right. change, and that'll change as the summer gets warmer and warmer. So you just have to acclimate accordingly, okay? And that sound you're hearing behind us is the storybook parade coming oh, down the awesome. Mall. Look at this. a bunch of young uh, girls playing violins. Oh, there are a couple boys in there as well, all dressed in a nice blue. Uh, what, what would you call that? You know, when you've got mariachi, is that is that what it? Be a mariachi uniform? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. All right. Well, we've got George and oh, next Darth Vader. The line. We got Darth Vader here <laughs> and some mimes, and <laughs> we've got Cat in the Hat. George uh, in Tucson, eight five seven one zero. East Tucson wants to talk about something electric relating to his home. Welcome to the program, George. How may we help you? Good morning. So. I had visited a couple at their home, and they had a company, an alternative energy company, install some kind of system in their house, and then uh, they paid for that system, and then the company charged them less than what uh, Tucson Power and Electric would charge. Do you know of companies that that do something like that? I don't know if it was a solar unit or just an alternative company. I don't know how it worked, but do you know of any companies that offer anything like that in Tucson? Well, and you said it's a neighbor. Is there a way you could find no, out the name? No, it wasn't a neighbor. It was somebody company. whose house that I visited at one point. Oh. Well, there there are multiple various products out there that claim to be able to save energy. Uh, some say they recycle the energy you've already paid for. <laughs> That's impossible. Uh, some say they go through a power factor correction. Uh, that doesn't work, okay? It works. The, the documents that they'll give you to show you how well it works all come from NASA. And power factor correction has to do with how an electric motor runs. And if you finely tune the electricity you're feeding it, it actually operates more efficiently. But for it to work residentially, you have to have an electric motor the size of your diesel A pusher RV. And those are the size motors that NASA has. It won't work on an air conditioning motor. It won't work on a refrigerator, refrigerator compressor. Your TV. <laughs> so there's there, – and, there, and then there's those that are 
uh, cooling the air in and about and around the air conditioner condenser. A man just two or three weeks ago sent us some updated information that I have not had time to read or look at. I've not been a fan of that historically. In my mind, if humidity helps an air conditioner, why is Houston the most air-conditioned city on the planet? You know, <laughs> I haven't read his entire thing yet. It was a gentleman here in Tucson. You can tell he's an engineer by the yeah. amount of work and it, documentation. It, yeah. But uh, a VAP cooler works by adding humidity, and air conditioning works by removing humidity. So you're making the air conditioning unit work harder to do its job. And we start have, we have to start talking about wet bulb temperature and dry bulb temperature. It's complicated. So we would need to know more about what particular device this person had on their house before we could issue an opinion. And but those are some of the more common and more popular ones. And I've gone to a lot of different trade shows and exhibits, and there's people that sell wind powers, generators. Yep. that you know, none, none of these things will completely switch your home completely off the grid but there's a number of different things you can add up and build up and due to another guy in tucson invented a switch that you would install to your air conditioning system and for a while it actually voided the warranty on the air conditioners but now the air conditioning companies are all installing them at the factory and it's when your air conditioner turns off your coils are still cold so it continues to have the fan blow over the coils even after the compressor is shut down, and it extracts about another 5 to 8% of cooling out of the it's, it's, it. That's genius. That's just brilliant. So now the manufacturers are installing it. Lots of trips and tr- tricks and, and tips on that for there's sure. There's just going to be more and more that hit the market, and it's going to be a matter of not um, throwing your money at the wind. You know, right. It, we would love to know what the product was because we'd love to do the research on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we would. And, and, it's, and it's your return. I mean, how much does the unit cost and how much is it going to save you? If it's going to take 30 years to save you, are you going to be in that house that long? Or are right. you going to be alive that long? Or are you going to uh, – what in that 30-year time would offer a faster return on investment for you? So all those things factor in. Let's jump to Jeff. We were talking about swinging doors, and he's having trouble closing his. Welcome to okay. the program, and how may we help you? Wait, oh, wait, hold on. We're, hold on one second. Let's see if okay. we got Jeff now. Jeff, right. are you there? There. Hello. Okay. There he is. Thank you, Gary I, D. I have, a, I have a door that goes from my house to my garage, and okay. uh, it's got obviously an automatic hinge that causes the door to swing shut as it's supposed to. Yep, that's as per the code. Door swings, as the door swings shut, the, um, you know, the, it doesn't close when it when it hits the strike plate. Uh, it stops and and it won't shut tightly. I was just wondering if there's something I might be able to do. Do I need to look at the hinges? Do I need well, to change the uh, handle. What do I need to do? Uh, okay. Those hinges, one of those hinges ought to be a a bit heavier in appearance than the other. That's the one with the internal spring to it. And if you look at it from the top, there's a little black pin that's sticking out that's holding the spring. If you'll take a, I, I use an Allen wrench. Take an Allen wrench and there'll be in the, in the top of that pin head, there'll be a bunch of series of holes. Set your Allen wrench in there. Take the tension off of that pin 
tighten the spring one more notch, reset the pin, and just with that spring tension, set one notch tighter. Let's see if that, in fact, gives you enough closing capability to go ahead and close and latch the door. If it doesn't, do exactly the same thing again. Tighten it up one more notch. Eventually, you'll get it, and that'll take care of that. So that takes care of the door. That is a code that needs to be a one-hour fire-rated door, and it does need to close automatically every time. Joanne from Tonopah writes in and says, I'm looking for a weed killer that kills weeds but allows me to plant shortly after the application. Is there anything like that? Well, Joanne, don't you know our friends at Bonide have the solution for you? If you've got a weed problem, burn it out with Bonide's Burnout. Weed and grass killer. It is people and pet safe. Anywhere you're trying to get any kind of grass or weeds, I use it trying to control the grass growth coming into our orchard under a lime tree just apply it straight on following the labeled direction it's an all organic as many of bonide's products are if you've got it coming up between like this uh concrete strip here at the u of a mall's got grass creeping into the joints of the concrete you could you could burn it out right there and they just need to get over to Savano here in Tucson to pick it up. If you're in Phoenix, you can find it at Summer Windsor. Now, Gary said he's playing this because he's a Tucson girl. Yeah. But everyone knows he's just got a secret crush on that. Oh. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she's coming to Scottsdale in April. By the way. By the way. <laughs> and you've had tickets for how long? <laughs> uh, well, more than a month. How about that? <laughs> Let's get to Bob who called in at one 767 4348 and see how we can help him uh, at his house, home, castle, or cabin. Good morning, Bob. Hi, Rosie. Romy, how are you today? We're wonderful. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm in the process of switching over my wonderful rate at APS. We know all about that. Um, <laughs> my concern is I have, similar to you, Rosie, I have about 3,300, 3,400 square feet. Okay. I have two, two heat pumps. One's okay. a five-ton and the other is a three-ton. Okay. I'm looking, I was wondering, I'm looking at the demand rates. Right. If I went to maybe a pro- programmable type of thermostat, like a nest thermostat to where uh, during the three to eight time, it would control allowing only one air conditioner at a time to come on and off. In other words, it wouldn't be related to the, the temperature, right. would actually turn them on and off at a set time. Right. What do you think of that? Well, it wouldn't be a set time. It, let, let the thermostat go ahead and dictate, but we don't want either one of them starting at close to the same time is the most important thing. To start an air conditioner, it takes about five times more energy than to run an air conditioner. You just don't want them coming on too close to each other and starting together, okay? But absolutely, I'm a big believer in the demand rate. I think it's the wave of the future. I've been on it for 15 years. It's where everyone should go. It's it's staggering your consumption in a way that you're buying all or the majority of your power off peak at 3,300 square foot. Is your home an all-electric home? Yes, sir. And how many people live in the home? Just my wonderful wife and I. Okay. And, and are y'all year-round residents? 
Uh, yes, we are at this time, yes. And, and do you have a swimming pool? We do. Okay. And what temperature do you keep the house in the middle of the summer? Well, we were super cooler fans in, okay. the, about, in, in the middle of the summer, about 90 bucks a month. Yeah, thanks yeah, to your super cooling idea. Yeah. And I was, uh, by the way, I was interested in hearing, I think, a couple callers back. You said that super cooling is still viable? It is still viable as long as you move your thermostats to the new off peak and on peak time periods. Right. You can't keep it at yeah. noon to seven, you got to go three to eight. Now, They've also modified the peak demand rate, so you're not going to see the big, big savings that we saw under the old plan. We had many customers saving 40 to 50% of their summer bill by supercooling. We won't see that much savings, really? but you'll, you'll still be able to see 20% savings. So should I not worry about redoing my thermostat, and should I just go to the supercooling and then just uh, from the 3 to 8 bump the temperature up like we've done before because you've got programmable thermostats right well i've got yes i do to some degree yes yeah. I, they're not they're not like the new nest right generation ones but yes they're they're where i can program them yes yeah push them push them off to to uh three o'clock three to eight uh let them sleep go ahead and super cool as much as you want up to that point and then at 8 o'clock, the critical thing is not letting them both kick back on at the same time. Ideally, you want to stagger that. And then I would, yeah. I would ask, then, then I would ask my water heater to go to sleep until 9 o'clock. Yeah, and, I've and got wait. a timer on the water heater. Perfect. I, I've already did that. So I, that shuts off and then doesn't come back on until later. So before you were super cooling, your uh, high summer energy bills were probably touching on 4 and a quarter, 4.30? Oh, yeah, closer to five hundred. Yes, closer to five hundred bucks a month, and you were able to yeah. trim that by about twenty five, thirty percent. Oh yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I, uh, okay. I, I couldn't believe the difference that that made by doing the super cooling. So as I understand it, then what you're saying is just go ahead and do the super cooling, then shut it. You know, do what we were doing from yep. from three to eight. Yep. and then have stagger them coming on after eight o'clock. Yep. And what demand plan do you like the best? Well, it depends how aggressive you are. I'm so aggressive that I'm only buying about 8 to 10% of my power on peak. I buy 90% of my power off peak. So the most aggressive plan you can buy is Saver Choice Max, and that's what fits right. me. They also have Saver Choice, which fits people that don't manage as aggressively as I do. But And I could never manage this aggressively when I had – six crazy kids living in the house but, but now that i'm an empty nester and it's just me and jennifer i could i can coordinate and schedule the whole thing and it works perfect we're looking at, at downsizing here in the next couple of years because we obviously don't need the pool we don't need five bedrooms and we don't need a, a big house like this right and before that for the prior five years we were RVers and we would take off during the summer in our motor home but we don't have that anymore Good. so it's uh it's something we're just trying to reconsider doing, and in the meantime, it's uh, trying to make uh, lemonade out of this lemon that we've been handed by APS. All right. Well, you're in good shape. You're thinking through it correctly. Super cooling can still work. It is going to work as well or as aggressively as it did. We appreciate the call. I hope that clears it up. we got to get all this information out. Um, we're going we're gonna to know 
the real results with the phone calls we get in July. Broadcasting live at <laughs> the Tucson Festival of Books coming up. We continue along our window theme. We talked last week with Pella about window selection. We talked with Dunright this Saturday about installing those windows to, so that they are done right. 